Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We hope you had a wonderful week. And uh, you know what, guys? Let's just get started. I'm Jason Evans, and uh, with me is Kyler Clapp. What's up? Through the interwebs, joining us from his classroom is Kyle Lee. Peace. Peace. And then sliding the faders, twisting the knobs, producer Chris. Hey. Sliding the knobs, hey, twisting the hey, faders. Hey, hey. That was that was new for hey, Chris. Hey, hey, hey! hey. Is, he, is he Baja Man over there? Oi! <laughs> Let the dogs out. Uh, Am well, I right? Uh, wow, man, Chris is feeling it today. It's wow. that Diet Coke he's drinking. I think that Diet Coke. Put uh, me on gross. edge over here. What's everybody Chris, drinking today? Chris, Chris informed me he's not a soda man, but when he does, he at least goes halfway healthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got it. Kyle. Kyle <laughs> Kyle's going with the 44 ounce Mountain Dew, and what's the other? Cherry Dr Pepper. A cherry Dr Pepper. Uh, what, what do you got? It's just a water cup? in a cup with a straw. Just water in a cup, and I just have my water bottle filled with water. So um, that's what we're drinking. What are you drinking, listener? Hopefully, you're not drinking and driving. Um, hopefully, you're not doing anything too crazy, but. Uh, Go ahead, enjoy the beverage of your choice, and uh, let's just get right to it, guys. Um, it's time for top three. Wait, that was the wrong noise. Wow. That was something else. Are you with us, Kyle? Are you sad? Did you have a tough week? No, I'm good. Let's see what Three kid, uh, one kid got suspended. Two kids in in school suspension. You know. Now these are just to clarify, they're cla- your classroom kids, not your actual children. Oh no, yeah, my children are perfect. They've never done anything wrong. Right, right. So exactly, exactly. So uh, that's you a- have four, four, yeah, five, four. Libby has five. <laughs> one of them is she's married to. <laughs> Uh, uh, really? Well, she's married to the fifth. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man, I thought I had a good joke, but Rude. you got to explain it. It wasn't. But um, it's just wasn't not a good. good. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize, listener. Sorry, I sorry. apologize. To you. Hateful. Apologize to you, Kyle. I shouldn't be so mean. But so it's time for top three, everybody. Top three. Top three. And Chris, producer Chris, is going to bring the question today. Uh, what do you got? Better Chris? be good. Well, it's funny that we were just talking about drinks because my top three was your top three favorite beverages. <sighs> oh, is it funny? Is it, it funny? Is, no, I legit thought of that like two weeks from now. Nice. Now that or you go. say that, it is really funny. I'm laughing now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you start, Kyle. Oh, easy. Mountain Dew, uh, Dr. Pepper, and then anything else carbonated. <laughs> anything that's, else <laughs> that's not that is not diet i hate diet soda uh if it is aspartame i don't like aspartame that's mm. it okay so i can handle the stevia sodas so any other soda but what's mountain dew and then what was number two mountain Dew, mountain dew dr pepper okay kyler i like um, I like blackberry sweet tea with lemon. Oh my goodness! <laughs> 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 Kyler's like um, kombucha with my very I own. Do love uh, kombucha. It's it's like a twenty year old kombucha scab that started from and like live live cultures, whatever they. I do love kombucha. Kombucha's good. Um, Is it in your top three though? No, not my top three. Probably okay. like a solid four or five. It's like a it's like a treat myself drink. Okay. Because okay. I forget it's I like, like it. Drinking, because mm. I try to convince myself I like ginger beer and I don't. Mm. Ginger beer is not good. I've never tried it. It's super spicy, but it's like it's like a notch up from, from a. It's kind of like you're drinking vinegar. I don't know. I like kombucha. Anyways, uh, so blackberry sweet tea with lemon. Second one, ginger ale has like a. I think it's a cranberry flavor. Cranberry ginger ale, so good. So, Just regular ginger so ale. Good. Well, I also so like good. regular ginger. Ale. And for my last one, um, it'd either be Coke or root beer. I try not to drink a lot of Coke, but I end up drinking it just because it goes well with so many meals. And like um, 
on Thanksgiving, which we just had, I always, at family events, I always drink a Coke with all the food. And I don't mm. know, it's just like, it's more of a, what's it called? Like a, a memory, a memory associated yeah, taste. Yeah, so it's like you, because you're eating this Nostalgia. food, you this drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. And it's so like when I went on a missions trip to Haiti, like five years ago, they had the best Coke I've ever tasted because mm-hmm. it's... Glass bottle. Yeah, Coke, it's yeah. Coca-Cola. That's like yeah. the same reason all Pure churches put in that horrible green carpet. Yeah, exactly. Like it what's just in this looks room. like revival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what revival looks of, like. Oh, hold up, finish your thought. What about Haiti? Oh, yeah, but they, they just had the best Coke. Um, and so I was great. I had a great time there, and I went to Columbia. They had good Coke, too. And so I just... Great memories are associated with that drink, so... Awesome. Also, what were you gonna say, Kyle? How wa- I was just gonna say, how was your Thanksgiving, Kyler? Give us some more, like, you know, what all did you do? It was my family's a mess, in the best way. Um, oh, tell us! You were telling us off air that story that happened at your Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, so we <laughs> were gathered around the piano at my grandparents' house to sing a couple hymnals and. Lo and the behold, whole hymnals, the whole book, right? The whole book. I mean, yeah. Lo and behold, the piano was out of tune. So we ah. were singing. We were singing every song in like that ha- that that little space between a half step up. So it's not even a note on the piano. Yeah. Fascinating. Right. When did you funny. figure that out? Um, the first chord. It's called Pentecostal pitch. It's a Pentecostal pitch. <laughs> So was that three? Was that so Coke? Was it Coke? I was a black, I guess blackberry. Ginger ale. Whoa, 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 whoa. Blackberry sweet tea with lemon, cranberry ginger ale, Coke. All right. But I good. do love a good root beer. Don't get me wrong. Anyways, very go good. ahead. Um, uh, for me, it would be uh, coffee, just black coffee, straight. Um, a Dr. Pepper. And uh, Dr. Pepper is pretty much the only soda I drink, but it's a lot for the same reasons. Like it's mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like pizza and Dr. Pepper. I just, which is like that's together. their whole marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah, They've they done did it. it. They did it. It's been done. Yeah, they did it. Sorry. Um, but so Dr. Pepper. And then uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's like the only th- other thing I drink is water. So and I do legitimately like water. I know some people are like I just, I don't like it. I don't Sweet. like the way it I'm tastes. I'm that person. Uh, well, I don't think it's good or bad. Um, but I've, those are like the only three drinks I I drink now. So, did y'all watch the uh, Zac Efron Netflix thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't know, seen inter- it. You were telling. You were talking about. Oh yeah, I watched the that first episode, episode about the water. Oh, you just watched the first episode. Well, no, that's the one they're talking about energy, right? There's one where they're talking about water and like. It's it's very interesting. I but got bored, anyways. so I stopped watching. I'll, I'll check. Oh, it really? Out. It's mm-hmm. good. It, they just talk about like they go to this uh, place in. Anyways, where it's it's like the world's first uh, certified water sommelier. Okay, so someone who could actually and, like pair waters with food and stuff. Well, and that's what they do at this restaurant. Like they bring in because he talks about how <laughs> how humans shouldn't be drinking like purified water okay and so yeah okay maybe that is the one i watched yeah and i mean he has his reasonings but he's just like whenever he's like because then your body is drinking the water and it's drawing all these minerals that is normally in your that used to be in water people's water Mm -hmm. like spring water or well water like for thousands of years your body's just pulling them out of like your body now hmm. instead of getting them replenished from the water. And so interesting. Yeah, they basically were like pH balanced stuff and purified. It's not that good for you. And I was yeah. like, Well Well. Well I'll have to check that out. That sounds super interesting. Oh and Boss so. Water. Boss water is an honorable mention. <laughs> it's an honorable mention. Uh Chris, uh, you you asked the question, what what's your top three? Um Mango sweet tea. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a sucker for just a good cup of chocolate milk. I was thinking always, about it. Always brings back the nostalgic memories. And then three, it would be water, just mainly because that's like the number one drink I'd drink. Yeah. But also, I'm currently still on my uh, hunt for the best water yeah. ever. So. Yeah. Would you like to tell that story, Chris? Oh yeah. So. Um, um, not too long ago, me and my uh, girlfriend went ring shopping, and so uh, Liz. Liz. Yeah. yeah, so uh, we went to BC Clark to just check out rings, get ring size, and all that. 
Uh, anyway, we got there. They have their course, anniversary sale, I think. Wow. It, we got there. <laughs> sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. They're being rude. <laughs> Anywho, we get there, and uh, of course, it's just like super bougie. And they're like, "Would you like some water?" And we have chilled or room temperature. And of course, we get some. And like, it's I don't know what kind of water it was, and I really regret not seeing what it was. But it's like the best water I've ever tasted in my life. It was just Do so you smooth. Remember the bottle? Did you? Yeah, I did mean, you get the, chilled it said or room temp. What did I you got go chilled? With? Okay. It was it was perfection, but it was I mean it was bottled, but it was like in a custom BC Clark bottle. Yeah, it was oh. it was labeled. So that's the thing. So right now I'm currently on the hunt for the water that is most like that water. I bet. I, definitely, I bet. It's I definitely get you vodka. Really? <laughs> Maybe, what, what do you think Kyle? that water is? I, I bet I can get you that water. We'll we'll talk about it off air. Oh, you got okay. a water dealer. Yeah, Ooh. that's right. My water got to talk that's to my right. water guy. <laughs> Just because it afraid, was clear doesn't mean it was water. Uh, I'm afraid you'll be greatly disappointed. But uh, that's a great top three. That's a good question, Chris. Psychosarca. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a sink. That's pretty much it. boring for talking <laughs> about water? I don't, I mean, it, you know, this whole show is about talking about the things we like, right? I mean, if if people are listening, if they if they're still listening, then nice catch. <laughs> it went back in your cup. <laughs> really? Kyler just spit ice out on accident, and it went right back in her cup. For all you listeners who can't wow, see what's happening, shade right in there. <laughs> uh, well, Kyle, um, you doing all right? Doing great. Okay, never been better. <laughs> well, um, uh, I guess we should probably get to our guest. Uh, you know, we've talked long enough about water. So um, our guest today, his name is Jason Earls, and he is uh, a comedian. And Jason Earls, like Hannah Montana's brother? No, no, no. Is that the actor? That's the actor, Jason Earls. We have the comedian, Jason Earls. Oh, man. That's next week's episode. We have the comedian, Jason Earls, and we had a great conversation, and... I, I'll be honest, uh, we, we took a deep dive into the world of comedy, and I nerded out a little bit with some of my questions, so I apologize for some of that. But Jason brought forward uh, some great ideas and great thoughts for all creatives, and uh, man, it was a wonderful conversation. And uh, so I highly encourage you to go check him out and uh, on all his socials, we'll have uh, all that stuff in the show notes. But let's just get right to our conversation with the comedian, Jason Earls. Well, Jason, thank you so much for taking time to, to be on the Create Initiative podcast. Uh, as we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're at right now? Dude, first of all, that is the most uncreative question ever in the world I history know. of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm just yeah. <laughs> First of all, dude, thanks for having me, first of all. <laughs> even, even the pre-podcast conversation has been good. I agree. Um, so I'm born and raised in Virginia. Nobody's from Oklahoma's from Virginia. I know. Y'all like big deal. <laughs> Say something funny. <laughs> no, yeah, born and raised in Virginia, man. Okay. Uh say it again. Well, we're at in Virginia. Uh, That's what I was gonna ask. Yep, southeastern seaboard, okay, Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh right beside Portsmouth is all right. I'm getting a little bit of nerdy, geeky here. Um we make ships mm. in in particular um in World War II. Okay. Made a lot. That's what we're known for, our shipyard. So we're right beside Norfolk, which has the Norfolk Naval Base. Okay. And we have the Norfolk Naval Hospital in our in our city. So, you know, and it, it's kind of notable. Um, there are, there's one well-known comedian from my town, born and raised, Wanda Sykes. Oh, I know really? Okay. Christian people like, oh, hey, how dare you mention she, a heathen on this page? Uh, she's, <laughs> she's funny, though. Yes. <laughs> She is, dude. Very funny. So Wanda Sykes from my hometown. Uh, my high school, we played against Alan Iverson. Okay. So anyway, I'm from Virginia, <laughs> 757. Well, I was going to say, I think you're a little bit young. You didn't play against Iverson, did you? I, I ran track against him. Okay. Um, so we graduated. He graduated a year before I did. Okay. Wow. I know. I know. I look a bit younger. A lot of water, brother. Well, you, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you look a lot younger than, you young. than AI. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Laughter keeps you looking young. Liquor makes you look old. Don't drink liquor. <laughs> so, um, so, so I came to Dallas to go to grad school, and then, um, you know, that's when I really started doing comedy. Like my last year of college, and first year, you know, first year of, of grad school, and then I actually left grad school to start doing comedy. Okay. Brought my wife's wedding wedding ring, doing stand up. Whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I've been doing stand-up. I've been married for 20 years in a month. Wow. So, um, yeah. Congratulations on that. That's that's awesome. Dude, absolutely. We laugh a lot. That helps your marriage, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I let's, I'm not here to talk all the let, time. Let's talk about that. Um, you know, so you were in grad school when, when you decided to be a, a stand-up comedian. And um, where were you at in grad school? Like, had you decided you were also going to be involved in church stuff by that time? Or how did that, that come about? All right, dude. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh because yeah, I skipped a lot of stuff. So, dude, I, in high school, in middle school, I knew I was funny, and I just, dude, I was not the smartest. I was not the most athletic. Uh, I wasn't the best uh, instrumental guy in the band. But one thing I knew in middle school, I was funnier than everybody else. And. And as I got into high school, that's when I really started paying attention to stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and, uh, and started appreciating just really good, funny people. And I was watching this short documentary on the entertainment channel, and they had comedians who were actually going to school. And my senior year, I told my dad, I said, hey, dad, instead of going to college, I'm going to go to the improv mm-hmm. to become a comedian. And my dad laughed so hard and he was like, boy, you funny. You are hilarious. I tell you that much. (laughs) I was like, oh, well, I guess that's the end of that. So I kind of pushed that dream aside, got to college. And I grew up, I grew up in a Christian home, man. Shout out to First Pentecostal Church of Christ Holiness in Portsmouth, Virginia. That was my church from birth to fifth grade. Uh, I got saved. I accepted Christ. So I say when I was eight years old and I really started this track of learning about God, man, my dad would say I would fall asleep with my Bible. I don't remember that, but I just had a, but looking back, I really had a heart to understand who God was and dude, to actually help people understand that, know who Jesus was. I was, I would go to wrestling matches at the arena and carry gospel tracks. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> as a little kid, dude, yeah. on my own, nobody suggested that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wrestle. And I know I probably, you know, I need to share Jesus with somebody. But then puberty hit, bro. And I was <laughs> like, hey, there's a such thing as girls and coolness. Forget this Jesus stuff. <laughs> but so, so comedy, making people laugh, actually got me a lot of opportunities. In college, they would, you know, the upperclassmen as a freshman, they would grab me because I was funny, take me to the parties. I didn't have to pay for weed or, um, can I say weed on this oh, podcast? Oh, yeah, 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 you're good. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was, I, they would give me free weed, free free alcohol, and I was the life of the party in college. So as a college freshman, I was hanging around this, the high schools, uh, I mean, the college seniors and grad students. And that came with all its other problems. Yeah. <laughs> with the ladies and everything. So when, but when the Lord knocked me off my horse, literally straight up knocked me off my horse, said, it's time for you to come home. And I looked at, I was evaluating my life and I was like, man, making people laugh has, have, has given me access to all this sinful stuff. And since, since I dishonored God with my humor, I'm not going to joke anymore. Hmm. So I literally stop joking, stop, I, I suppress all of that stuff. And one day I was, I was around a group of um, students that we were all in this Bible study on college campus. And I started teaching. And when I started teaching the scriptures, I naturally became myself mm-hmm. and people would laugh when I would teach. And I'm like, stop laughing. God is serious. I was super legalistic. <laughs> <laughs> And one day the Lord said to me, I was outside on campus. I would go for long walks, look up in the stars at the sky. And one day the Lord just spoke to me and said, Jason, 
I made you funny. It's okay. You can use your humor. And I was like, really? I can, Lord, I can joke? I can laugh? I was like, yes. Okay. And I really embraced it. And then, man, God, that's when God called me to preach. And I didn't want to, I was like, Lord, I don't want to preach because most preachers aren't that funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, let me, let me not. I don't, you know, preachers are always serious. I don't want to be that. I want to be me. And uh, so then that's when I really was, I started teaching Bible study on campus and God was showing his hand on my ability to communicate the scriptures. So I was like, I want to be great at that. So my grad school was actually seminary. Okay. I went to seminary and, um, and then once I, once I went to seminary in a Bible study methods class, that's when I did the comedy routine to, ex to explain a passage. The class stood up, clapped. The legendary professor, he was like, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> and it was at that moment, at that moment, I knew. I was like, I need to be doing this all the time. Yeah. I can do this. Uh, if we can kind of deep dive a little bit in that when you, you okay, you knew I, I can do comedy and I can do it in a way that that is still serving the Lord. Like, what was the process of actually getting your chops, you know, as a comedian, you know, it's one thing to, to be in a class or to be in front of a church and be funny, but I mean, you know, it's a whole lot different, uh, you know, in, in that, in the comedian world. <laughs> so what was that like getting your chops? Jay. <laughs> oh, dude, I love you, man. <laughs> ah, this is the good stuff right here. Cause here's the thing, Jay, I want, I can call you Jay, right? Oh, yeah, 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 you prefer... yeah. Okay. All right, man. So he, I grew up listening to the comedy greats. Like I love some good comedy. Mm -hmm. Like like you made reference to like man, comedy great comedy is great comedy. But when it came to the church and you may have experienced this where you have the official church funny person. Yeah. Where they get up and they talk they give whether it's announcements or they just give a little five minute talk and they just tell a bunch of corny jokes that, but the church dies laughing because the church in a comedy context is not used to great comedy. Yeah. So somebody, you, you can be a half baked comedian or a half baked funny person and get a lot of laughs in the church and do, I did not want to be that. Jason, I did not want to be this, the church funny guy. Like that irritates me even saying, <laughs> <laughs> saying it. I'm like, if I'm going to take this thing and, and say I'm a comedian or people are going to listen to me with the intent to, to laugh, I need to go to the woodshed. I need to start developing my chops. And I will say this to every creative person. If you're going to say that you're a creative person and God is the God of creativity, you better be darn good at it. Don't halfway do it. Be as excellent as a creative person as you can be. It's not saying you have to be the greatest, but you be the greatest you that you can be. So if you're a painter, you better doggone paint to the glory of God and glory to God doesn't mean you always painting pictures of hymns. If you're painting a picture of a horse, it better be a doggone good horse. If you, if you're going to create this video, it's not saying that your video has to win an Emmy, but it, be, it better be the best video that you can make with your ability. That's how you honor God. So as a comedian or a funny person, the best way I can honor God is to be the funniest that I can be to write this joke as funny as it can be. So I started going to who's good at jokes. That ain't the church. Sadly, <laughs> it's the clubs. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the comedy clubs and learn how to be, do funny. And that's what I did. Sorry to get so passionate. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, I I love it. I love the passion. I think you've got to have a passion. And um, when you when you started going into the clubs uh, again, I told you off air. I may I may totally geek out on on the comedy side of things, but um, yeah, you know, you you had experienced in in undergrad the idea of like if I'm funny in in a specific way, I can get people to like me. And, you know, in comedy clubs, there's a, there, there's all different types of comedy, but, you know, I, I could see there being a natural urge to like, well, if I, if I tell dirty jokes or if I, if I work, uh, blue or, or whatever, you know, people will respond to it. Um, how, how did that work for you to know, like, I can, I can be funny, I can have a clean act and, and people are still going to enjoy it even mm-hmm. outside of the, the church wall. So here, here's the reality. Uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So, and but and 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 I don't say that to try to sound all spiritually and deep. This is the creative process. The greatest art and the greatest the, the greatest creativity is that which comes from within. So, if you want to make great art, you have to be truly authentic to yourself. And so, in being and and if anybody should know how to be authentic. It's those of us who claim the name of Jesus because mm-hmm. it's, it's Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Uh, you know, there's so many verses that we can think of. That's the one that's right off the top of mind. That's be who you are. Be who God created you to be. And, <clears throat> dude, <I'm, laughs> you got me so dog wired up, man. <laughs> I didn't expect to go this, this much into it so early on. Uh, first, first Corinthians 12, seven says the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good of everybody. So in other words, God is doing stuff naturally in us that automatically comes out when we just be ourselves, Mm -hmm. when we just, when we just don't try to perform, but we just be our unique selves. And so on comedy stage, again, you, you, you nailed it. It's, on, on the comedy stage at a comedy club, people have to like you right away. It's like Vietnam. Like they say that the the life expectancy for a soldier on the front line when he got off a helicopter was like less than 60 seconds. Mm. That's how it is in the comedy, on the comedy stage. You, I say you got seven seconds. You've got seven seconds from the moment that they say, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, Jason Earls. I've got seven seconds to establish myself for the audience to feel like they can trust me. Seven seconds, bro. So you don't have time to be phony. Yeah. Well, that's what I learned. That's one of the first lessons I learned in the club because it's very uncomfortable for you to get in a bunch in a room of a bunch of strangers to try to make them so comfortable that they can laugh. So when you get on stage and you're uncomfortable, instantly like he's not good. He's not a professional. Yeah. So you got to, and you only learn that by getting on stage and failing. So if there's a, if there's a lesson right there, side note for any creative person, sometimes we don't want to fail. I don't know what it is about us people who claim Jesus, who God hasn't given a spirit of fear, but we're so concerned about failing. When you know that you can't achieve perfection by yourself, it's not possible. Jesus is the only way that you can't obtain perfection. So you and your art will never be perfect. So stop trying to be perfect and get out there and do it. And that's how you learn on the comedy stage. It's like, you can write jokes all day. I tell comedians all the time. And I know I'm like, you got me, you got me rambling. You got me going, but it's, you can write. I want to be a comedian. Okay. Yes. Write jokes, learn the discipline. But if you just writing jokes and you never put it on stage, you suck as a comedian hmm. because you got to get on stage and you got to you got to learn and you learn most in the midst of failing. Oh, that's that's a good point. I think, you know, and you you applied it to all creatives. It's that that fear of failure oftentimes is what will keep us from doing maybe what we're even really supposed to do. You know, like even the the idea of what we feel like God has really created us to do. Um, sometimes that fear of failure can can be the ultimate end of it you know absolutely and it's but again like how i got over my that fear of failing is again when jesus died on the cross and resurrected from the dead he crushed satan's skull 
So when you overcome your fear, uh, well, you've already overcome it through Jesus. We are overcomers. When you step up and say, I'm not going to let fear stop me, you emphasize the smashing of Satan's skull. It's like you just like, you know how when you step on something like, ah, and then you smush it, <laughs> you, you mash around, you miss your foot around. Uh, that when you, when you don't allow fear to stop you, it's like you're taking Jesus' foot and meshing it around on Satan's skull. And that's what fires me up. Like, you mean to tell me that I'm doing kingdom work and me when I just go ahead and create that video that I felt like I was, was wasn't going to be perfect? Absolutely. That's what you just did. Mm -hmm. Whether it's writing a poem or writing a song, who cares if it's not perfect? <laughs> Jesus didn't write the song, so it ain't going to be perfect. So just <laughs> go for it. And you will begin to perfect it as you go. Uh, that's that's so good, man. Um, if if we can dive just a little bit deeper on your process, uh, you know, I, I I think a lot of creatives, everyone's got a process, and I know I love hearing everybody's like, this is how we we go from A to Z. Um, so like you know, as a as a comedian, when you're working on a bit or when you're working on something, kind of what's your creative process to get to get there? Do, okay, do you want? Let me ask this question to clarify, so I won't I will not answer the wrong question. Do you mean from after the conception of the idea or what we call in comedy, the premise, or are you talking about how do I get to, how do I go from a blank paper, a premise shows up, I begin to work the premise onto stage? Because those are two different things. It's one thing to have the premise already, the conceptualized idea of a joke, and then working it to the point where you then see it on stage or on, on a video, or it's what am I going to write today? A premise shows up and then we go from there. I think, um, I, I, would I told you I'm a comedy yeah. geek, dude. No, no. <laughs> well, I think for me, I would rather hear like how, how that premise makes its way to stage. What's that process of, of, of you've got the premise in mind. How do we get it to the stage? Great. Okay. So, so first you have the premise and sometimes it's, it's different ways. Sometimes, you and Dave Chappelle uh, said, said this same thing. And I was like, wow, we have a similar writing process. Because oftentimes you, I think of punchlines. Mm. Uh, so I'll give you one. This is, this is the freshest joke that I have right now. So I, 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 was, I was looking at Mask and I was actually in church. My first time going back to church, it was early in the morning. And dude, I yeah, I did brush my teeth, by the way. But dude, my breath, <laughs> my breath was stinking this particular Sunday. And I smelt it in my mask. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's a funny premise. Yeah. A mask stinking. A person smelling their own mask. Premise. And that's more. So the punchline is breath stinking and mask. But how do I develop that? So I was thinking, so so first step is, it's process of elimination. It's what scenarios work and what scenarios don't work. So I instantly start, started thinking, okay, how many people experience their breath stinking in a mask? I don't know, because most people aren't going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't have the guts enough to say, yo, my breath was bad today and it was killing me in my mask. Most people are not going to admit that. So people would be afraid to laugh if you start if you start putting it on them. Like anybody's breath, you ever smelt your bad breath in your mask at a comedy club? Everybody's not the vast majority, which is what you call what you're trying to get, you're trying to get the most laughs from people. Everybody's not going to do that. I'm slow walking you through the process. Typically this might take 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. So like, okay, how do I help people understand the mask? I could put it on me and say, and tell it, tell a story of how I walked in church and my breath was stinking. But then how many people actually go to church during the pandemic 
Yeah. Not a lot of people. So we eliminate that one. So I'm like, okay. Then, then I thought of a joke, a short joke, one liner. Man, my breath was so bad. I, I said like, this, my breath was so bad in church. I gave myself my own peppermint. <laughs> Funny, yeah. if you understand in church, that's what people do. Yeah, that's the church culture. Give you the people's breath yeah. stink. They give you a mint. So yeah. I gave myself my own mint. But then I thought when I when I shared that with my wife, my wife didn't laugh. And I was like, crap. She was like, if my wife gets analytical with jokes as well, because I've trained her in this process. She was like, anybody who eats a mint gives themselves their own mint. Mm. And I was like, although I kind of disagree with her not laughing, I was like, intellectually, that makes sense. Yeah. There's some intellectual people who are going to say, that makes no sense. I give myself a mint all the time. Yeah. That was eliminated. And I'm like, dog it. This is funny premise though. I'm good and I'm working hard, Jay. <laughs> like, <laughs> so then I finally like, okay, let me put it on. There's certain people that you're able to put jokes on where it takes the sting off of it. Okay. Little kids, little kids, you can put a, a joke on it on a little kid and it becomes less edgy. For instance, um, I I had a, I, I, there's a joke that I say, man, I, I asked my son, what did he wanna be when he grows up? Well, he says, my favorite countries to study are Korea, Korea and Ghana. And when I grow up, I'm gonna create my own country and I'm gonna name it Ghanaria. Yeah. <laughs> so that's very funny. It has a big laugh wherever I go. But if I put gonorrhea on me, yeah. like, yo, I'm, man, I'm praying about the mission field. I want to go Korea and I want to Ghana. So I wanna, I'm going to go to gonorrhea. Yeah. Did, did you feel the difference there? Totally. It's like, yeah, yeah. you're disgusting. <laughs> Why would, so, so with some, I, I, that's not a sexual window. It's like that joke has a whole nother deeper concept mm -hmm. than most people know. And that's why I put it with my kid and it's safer. It, it, it teaches some things. Yeah. If you talk about a woman on stage with bad breath in a Christian audience, that's not good. Hmm. People are going to be very sensitive to that. Okay. You can talk about a kid having a bad breath, but kids and mask, that's a little distant concept. Yeah. People never mind you talking about a man and his breath stinks. Of course. <laughs> it's, Less of a sting. Yeah. Like, 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 listen to the, listen to the pace of this. I went to church, man. And this, this, there was this beautiful lady at church and her breath stings that can come across as mean. Yeah. But there was this old dude at church, man. His breath was stinking like that. No sting on like, yeah, right. Yeah. It's okay for you to tell a man his breath stinks. So I know I'm probably losing some people, but this is comedy is hard work. Yeah. <laughs> so then I thought I can put it on a man. But let me take it out of church because a lot of most of the country, most of the population are not going to church during the pandemic. Yeah. So then I said, okay. I said, I saw a man. I was talking to a man who doesn't like wearing a mask. And I said, dude, why don't you? And he said, every mask that I wear stinks. Okay. And I'm like, that's a better process. It's a yeah. shorter joke. He's like, man, I don't, I, I, I think I said, started saying it like this. I said, it. I've only put it on stage twice. That was Sunday when I preached in two services. And I think I said something like the pace is more, probably more like, uh, and so there's another process. So you get where it works. So now you got to find the right words, the right pace. And so, and, and so part of comedy is finding the shortest walk with the maximum amount of laughs. Yeah using the least amount of words that brings you the most laughs. So it's something like, so it, the joke isn't not even ready for recording now, but it's something like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like wearing masks because all of the masks stinks or everyone that I wear, it's gotta be the right syllables. Yeah. Everyone yeah. that I wear stinks. So, so I'm, I, I'm still working the joke out yeah. now with you live. 
but it became Sunday, everybody laughed. And it was, I was like, and I was surprised of how well it worked. So there, that's part of the process, finding the, the largest common denominator with the joke. Yeah. And then finding in terms of people and situation where people laugh and then finding the right words. And sometimes really that it takes five years. Sometimes it takes a year to develop that. Yeah. Well, so. well I, I, I don't know. That's that's so fascinating to me. And so because you said you were surprised by how many people laughed on uh, Sunday when you when you kind of pitched pitched it out. Um, you know what? I guess what kind of my follow up is like, do you ever find yourself scrambling to go, how did I say it? How did I say it this time? Because it finally clicked. <laughs> like, because sometimes if you're speaking live, you know, you know how sometimes you'll just say something and it just clicks perfectly when you've been practicing it and, and ever you've been still working it out, but it just didn't click. Like, do you, do you go back and listen to the tapes and be like, what was it? What, what made it click? Cause- Absolutely. And here's another note to every creative person. <clears throat> capture, capture, capture. You have to find a way to capture um, the creative ideas um, when you're when you're in that zone. Here's how here's how it's done in the NFL. Let's take one of the greatest dual threat quarterbacks, Michael Vick. Um, and Michael, so Michael Vick came on the scene. He was one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. So he, he was great outside of the pocket. So what they would do, they would watch film of him getting outside the pocket and then get this creative people. They would create plays. They would look at what he did in the creative zone and then create plays to do that same exact scenario. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important for you to capture. So I like right now in the moment, I can't remember how I told that joke when I in that sermon uh, two days ago, but I know it's recorded yeah. both, both times. And I said them differently in, in both services. So now I can go back because I've got it captured. I can go back and look at it. And then I can, in most cases, create that same scenario. That's what filmmakers do all the time. They take that, they take that, they take the audio. And then you have this person who, who's that sound? I forgot. My daughter knows the name because she's she's a film geek. That person who creates all of those sounds. Yeah, like the ASMR. So it's the slamming the of the car. People. Yeah. 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 And so that what they do, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. It's I'm doing it in comedy, but they're doing it with with sounds, and they just recreate everything that happened, and that's what the goal is. Yeah. With comedy, it's reduplicating that creative process. Uh, that's that's good. It's it's, it's been so fascinating uh, for me, uh, especially, and I, I think for our listeners as well. Um, I've just got a couple couple more questions. Can I, can I say one more thing yeah, before yeah, we go, move on? Go for it. Go for it. And, and this is more of a scientific thing because I am God, the ultimate creator, made me the creator with this comedy content. And he designed my body in a way to observe things. So when I see something funny, there are these signals that go off in my brain that make me respond. And so the goal is to help everybody else to get that same signal sent to their brain when I present that comedy content. Okay. And so that's essentially like, so that's the side, like how do I get the best, clearest signal and the fastest signal to go to their brain like it did with mine Yeah. to get that process? I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> that's the, and that's all to, like, that's the deepest level of the science of comedy yeah, that- and creativity because when it, whatever your creative bent is on uh, niche, niche, however you say it, uh, you have this God made your brain to have this these signals to go off when when you when these creative uh, chords are struck, whether it's a painting, whether these colors are come together, whether it's this this certain camera angle that you notice when nobody else saw, 
And so you're one, you, you're trying to create that same God-given signal going off because that's ultimately what we can say is the glory of God revealed in an unspoken way to the human brain. Yeah. So it's how do we create that sense of allness for other people to yeah. share? Now, I think that I think that's a great way to put it. And I mean, it's it, I don't know if we always think of it that way. You know, if we sometimes I right. think we we almost can belittle our own creative process like it, that it it may not be that important, especially inside the church. Um, but now that's a great yeah. way. To, oh. <laughs> well, but that's a great way to put it. The idea if God if God made those synapses fire for you, you know, when you saw it, how can how can I take that and make that apply to other people? Um, yeah, I, I, that that's probably one of the. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you knew the proper terms too. Thanks. Well, not, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I I just think that's a great way to put it. You know, I mean, the the to synthesize it. Um, just like you said in comedy, it's the shortest distance. You know, from the premise to the laugh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think it's a great way. Um, but so, so, you know, in that, in that joke, you're, you're working out, um, you know, it's, you brought up the pandemic. I mean, we're, we're living in a world, um, right now that's unlike any, any of us in our lifetimes have experienced. Um, I, I kind of got two versions of the same question and one more on the comedy side, like how, how is what the world is going through right now impacting the way you're, you're moving forward in comedy? Because obviously you've had to pivot. You're not doing as many you know, live shows in person and all that kind of stuff. So how have you had to pivot and what has that made you do creatively in light of uh, the pandemic and everything else that's happened this year? Yeah, I would say the, the first pivot that I made was actually uh, just a, a, I guess, understanding the psychological need and the emotional needs of the church. Uh, and so it wasn't even trying to pivot. It was, okay, this pandemic is happening. Everyone's worlds are being shattered. And I was on this Zoom call with um, a bunch of artists across the nation and authors and I'm 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 gonna say his name wrong. Henry Cloud. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Thank you, Jesus. Henry Cloud. Henry Cloud was on. It's Henry Cloud and the authors that did Boundaries. Yeah. 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 Uh, where's the book? Yeah. So y'all know who I. Yeah. I see you googling. Thanks. Um. So he said, "It's I think it's Townsend." Oh man, I'm not gonna. I don't want, I'm about to give him some credit and I don't want to discredit or give credit uh, to the yeah, wrong person. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud uh, and Dr. John Townsend. Yes. All right. So, and what, what he was saying in, in this, to all these artists, he said, if your body, if the human psyche soul was like a house and we're not talking about the Bible, like illustration of this. But if you if your if your body your body was a house, the foundation of your of your psyche soul is from a psychological standpoint are your relationships. Hmm. And so when when tragedy strikes, it knocks it shakes this house to a, it knocks it down, and all you have left is your foundation. And what you have to do is make sure that you are nurturing your foundation well. And that's why, and, and how is the, how are relationships nurtured best? Relationships are nurtured best in presence and seeing each other's faces and having laughs and just being able to show your rawest emotion because, and then he said this, what creative people do when tragedy strikes and the house is is shaken, creative people, in order to protect, actually go into this um, hyper creative mode to where you begin to create as a sense of survival and expressing your emotions. Mm. And so you spend more time creating you spend so you're in you're in your creative space or your office and you're spending 
an extraordinary amount of time, abnormal amount of time creating these things. And then you neglect the very thing that actually brings healing, which are those relationships. Jay, I was like, <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. I thought that I was in overdrive trying to make sure that my family's provided. No, that's the deception of the enemy. Wow. Yeah, like, yes, use this, use this, this, use this moment to create and uh, like, yes, do all of that, but you better guard and make sure that you're not isolating yourself because that when I'm spending all of my time creating and neglecting my wife and neglecting my children, then that's actually saying that something is actually wrong. Wow. You can't say that, oh man, God's got the creative juices. No, that's some deception. <laughs> like, yeah, some good stuff is happening. That's almost Satan having, G you know, it's with Jesus at the mountaintop saying, jump, because I'm going to give you all this. Yeah. You already got all of it. Like, we've already got access to unlimited creativity. And it will show up. So you got to make sure that you keep the priorities. So, so I got what was in it for me. But then I started thinking like, oh, snap, I'm watching it. But when God gives us something, it's not just for our own benefit. Mm -hmm. It's for the benefit of the body of Christ yeah. and for others. So I started observing this with a, I'm a shepherd at heart. So I'm like, okay, how is this affecting the church? The church, listen to this, man. The ch if you think about it, when a person goes to church, they have about, let's just be conservative and say seven relational exchanges for at least seven seconds or more with seven different people. It's Hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. Even though they're lying, oh, things are great. Hey, God bless you. That's a seven-second age. On a weekly basis, every person who goes to a church has a, at least, at minimum, a seven-second exchange with seven or more people consistently re reinforcing the foundation of the psychological house because of relationships. Mm -hmm. This is all, I'm like, as he's saying this and I evaluated myself, I started going to evaluating the church. And then I said, oh snap, the church across the board are, is suffering. We may be streaming and we see our pastor's face, but we don't have that reinforcement of relationship. And then he said this in the, in the Zoom, he said, that's why you got to make sure that not only are you spending time with your family and cutting off creative time, but you're FaceTiming people, people that you're used to seeing on a normal. Don't just call them, but have some video chat with time with them so you can see each other's face, hear each other's voices. And, um, and I was like, the, all the church is doing, they're seeing the pastor or the teacher or the praise team doing this but they don't get those seven second exchanges and yeah. seeing the people. So what I did, I created a virtual comedy show where, and different comedians, secular and Christian were starting to pivot and doing comedy shows, but most of them were flopping. I was seeing comedy great struggle because mm -hmm. now they're in a Zoom trying to make people laugh. So what I did, I created the Laughter in Place comedy show and what I and I wasn't pitching it to like open to the public. I would pitch it to a church. If they're like, hey, we, we need something, can you do something for us? Send us a video. And I would say a video would work, but let's let's make sure, like, let's do a virtual comedy show. I'm gonna provide the Zoom space, and I'm not just gonna be on camera. I'm gonna bring everybody in your church as many as possible in this Zoom gallery, and I'm gonna interact with people. I'm, they're gonna hear the different people of the church laugh. They're gonna see Mrs. Johnson, Ms., you know, Brother Jones on here. They're gonna see him like, Brother Jones is gonna hear me mess with him about, cause 
my comedy staff and I, we did some research and we start, we, we met with the church's staff to see who are the main people that show up that everybody knows. What do they do? What are their characteristics? And I would bring them on a Zoom call and start talking about them. And I said, you know what? I hear Miss Delala said that y'all made um, y'all made some cookies together for the orphans, for the you know, for the the group home. Now you really who who who's the worst person at making cookies? And now they're laughing. Yeah. And there's they're getting that relational reinforcement. So that's I think that's the biggest thing that I that I did. And I I tried to set it at a price point where it didn't hurt churches. Yeah. Because the point of it wasn't making money. The point of it was, how can I, and I didn't explain the science of this to the churches, Yeah. but it was, how can I give to churches in a way that they don't even realize that they're getting, but they're getting some healing that they didn't know they had. Man, that that's good. And and I thank you so much for, for uh, sharing some of that, that insight from, from Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. Cause that, I mean, that blew my mind. You saying it. Um, about creative people and and that survival mode, um, and and with that in mind, as we as we kind of close in, I, I feel like you've been just just offering up words of encouragement and and words of practice for creatives um, all all through this episode. But um, kind of with that in mind, and and you know, with the 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 challenges we've faced this year, do you have any words for fellow creatives out there? Most people don't understand your your call. And sometimes you may even feel used by the church. All they care is about making sure the video is working, making sure the sound is up, making sure the graphics, but they don't realize that you're having a hard time. One, don't don't start hating them because of that. That's kind of, you know, sometimes we get asked, is, is that your fault? Is it your fault that you always trying to perform and you're never taking time out to make people say, Hey, you know what? Let, let me talk. Let me share with this. Hey, let me share some things with about myself with you that you can just pray for me. Um, so don't, but don't, don't hate them. Uh, as, as a result of it, some adjustments may need to be made on both parts. But you need community. You need other people who understand you. So I would say, find, like, find these pockets of creative, and that's why, man. And make sure you thank Jason for this. Not me, Jason, but Jason that's leading this podcast. Uh, just because, man, it's guys, it's guys like you, brother, who help. You're like part of the Miriam and the, not calling you a female, and the Aarons who are holding up all these different Moseses who are, who are trying to split the Red Sea of bringing creativity to a church who don't understand what quality, quality creativity is. <laughs> and uh, and then I would also say this don't allow the church staff to stop your creative flow that's from God and a lot of times we as create with we as Christian creatives we create we create to be right not for the sake of creating in other words a lot of us not everybody but a lot of us, we're trying to create so that we get approval from the church, from our pastor, from the staff, and that actually affects your creativity. So there are certain things that you got to have as a standard. I'm not saying like do your own creative stuff with the church, but in terms, sometimes you might have to have your own creative pocket of stuff that you don't share with people for the sake of it being the creative resources. Like, like you talked about the pandemic years from now, People are going to look back and they're going to ask, what were the Christians doing during the pandemic? How how did the creative people uh, write on the caves and calligraphy what was going on? How did they interpret the times? And you have to, every throughout the history of humanity, every human being who's made a stamp on history has that we learn about end times, they, I mean, those times, they express what was going on in history through their own creativity. And you gotta do that.
We want to thank Jason again for stopping by the show and uh, sharing so much. And like I said, I, I hope you enjoyed that. I, I know I enjoyed uh, talking with him. So uh, hit up the show notes, uh, go check him out, see where he's performing, and um, watch him on uh, his socials and things like that. I, I'm sorry I paused because Kyle just disappeared. I don't know where Good. where he went. <laughs> oh, Kyler. I don't get along with Kyles. That's what I... I have a friend, Kyle. We're arch enemies. Really? Not this Kyle, because we're not friends. Because you're not friends with this Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) And you can say whatever you want, because he's gone. Rude. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. No. So you you have a problem with Kyles, huh? I think it's because they really try to own my name. Hmm. Because it means the same thing? They added the R because it's really good. Because our name was... Around first. Yeah, and I took your name and made it better. Whoop. Wow. No, just because you added R doesn't make it better. Wow. It really it just means just you're, more ki- you're more Kyle. You're more Kylie. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, my parents wanted to name me Kyle, but they were the nurse was like, Are you sure? And they said, Err, you know. <laughs> the nurse talked him out of it? She's like, You sure? <laughs> Sounds right. And so she wrote down Kyler. They had they had two they had two <laughs> names picked. Kyle was one of them. And your your dad was drawing a blank on the other one, so he said, um, either Kyler, Kyler, and he could never remember yeah, the other one. Yeah, and that's why it's, so it's actually Kyler with five R's. Kyler with five R's. <laughs> so you had to go I'm in and legally change legally it. Legally <laughs> Just one. I'm not thankful for anything. I'm thankful five, so that's <laughs> better than four. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, wow, uh, wow, wow. Well, I hope you guys can, can work wow. through it. Work through your feud, and I hope you can figure out what how feud? to become friends with Kyles around the world. I, Peace and blessings. Ain't no hate. Ain't no hate on my plate. Ain't no hate. Peace and blessings. Well, I I guess that's it. Just listened to an interview by Lisa Turkhurst about Love her. forgiveness. So about forgiveness, Kyler. Yeah, Kyler probably needs to read her new book. Yeah, what is it? But, something forgiving when you can't, or something. She's a great. She's one of my favorite authors. Yeah, Lisa Turkhurst. Seems like it. Okay. Wow. Who's your favorite author, Kyle? Dr. Seuss? <laughs> Dr. Seuss was a great Uber. author. Theodore How Geisel. Burn? He, two fish, he was fish, amazing. Two fish. What was it? One fish, two fish, three Speak fish. Speak in the mic, please. One fish, no. two fish, three fish, blue fish? No, red fish, blue fish, burn. Okay. Why don't you get it right? So, um... Did any of you guys get to enjoy uh, the Charlie Brown, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, after Apple brokered the deal with PBS? I wasn't a big on, Charlie Brown fan. Put it on TV. Did anyone get to watch it? Nope. Mm. My, us- my family usually watches it, but I'm usually passed out on the couch. Yeah. So. Ah, awesome. Well, it was good that they brokered a deal. I'm not sure how that all worked out, but yeah. It is getting frustrating because they're doing a lot of specials now, and mm-hmm. it's all on Apple TV, and I don't, I don't want to yeah, buy Apple TV. They're paying for it. Yuck. Yeah. Apple TV, they're they're shelling out the bucks. I don't know how many viewers or subscribers they have right now, but um, they're sure. Nope. They're sure pushing out the content. My Roku's too old to get even get Peacock. So. Wow. Is it? Would you like a new one for Christmas? No. No. <sighs> you guys know December is is just a day away, right? Oh my gosh! Just a day away. I don't want to It's time. Wow, that's. Oh, we've already been listening to Christmas music. We put our tree up. Did you really? Oh, our trees up. Yeah. Ours went up on on Friday after Thanksgiving, so it's like that's the official go time in our household. It's go time. Yep. So. So you're excited it's December, I guess. I'm so pumped. I love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. Mine too. Mine used to be Thanksgiving, but I've just just grown a newfound appreciation. Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. I'm pouring out my heart. And you're laughing. I just don't understand how you That's because Kyler doesn't understand why people would be so thankful for things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Her, her generation's never been thankful for one thing. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, we're pretty bratty. Don't get me wrong. Money, please. <laughs> Money, please. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, uh, John Ralph, you have any, any last thoughts? <laughs> Mona Lisa no is our mascot. Our generation's mascot. Yeah, John Ralphio and uh, Mona Lisa. <laughs> Money, please. Yeah. What a way to go out. So, Kyle, do you You're have anything else before we, we hit the road? 
Uh, drive safe out there, everyone. Drive safe, <laughs> Ky- Kyler. Stay golden. Stay gold, Pony Boy. Um, well, yeah, it's December. Starting next week, we'll have some Christmas themed episodes. Should be fun. And uh, we hope you guys just have a wonderful week. And Kyle's snapping us out. I started snapping first. Kyler is snapping us out. No, I was definitely I snapping was first. I literally a whole two seconds ahead of you. I was like actually already snapping. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this here. <clears throat> not, not in front of the viewers. Join join us on mine and Kyler's new podcast. I hate you. Being <laughs> being idiots. With the guy parenthesis R. Hosted by Kyler. <laughs> Kyle with the parenthesis R. Wow. I feel like Kyle, Kyler, Kyler and Kylis. You know, I think that's how we're going to know when this podcast is done. Like the last episode is going to be when you two finally resolve your issues. So. I'm resolved. Like I said, no hate on my plate. Hashtag Lisa Turkhurst. <laughs> for Kyle Lee and producer Chris and Kyler Clapp. What it is. I'm Jason. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next week. And I uh, hope you uh, have a wonderful start to your December. Forgive others as you have been forgiven. Amen. Lisa Turkhurst. Amen. Lisa Turkhurst. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs>